Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Tantric Lounge. Today is the first day of Season 3. As well as being the first day of the rest of our lives. Well, indeed it is. And we're going to surrender to that today, aren't we, Xavier? Because today's topic is surrender. That's right. Xavier Watercane here. Yes. Jacqueline's creative collaborator. My creative collaborator and creator of wonderful experiences and radio shows. Oh, you're too kind. It's been a while, though, hasn't it? It has. We, we had have quite had, a long break. We have had a we have had a quite a long break, but let's just get into it. Yes, there's nothing like not? diving into the deep end. I'm sure everyone's been waiting in anticipation for our return. Yeah, I'm sure they have. <laughs> um, what has been the latest thing that has been happening on planet? Jacqueline. And the Tantric Lounge. Oh, my God. It is. What, what has been happening in the world of the thinking person's sex coach? Yes, which would be moi. Yes. Oh, so much. I'm going more and more international. So I did run my first ever um, couples retreat in Bali, which I can't describe how amazing it was. Um, Give it a shot. Okay. Since you insist. So that was five days. I had 10 couples. It was fully booked out. We were in the beautiful villa looking out over rice paddies and bamboo groves. We had a swimming pool. The food was amazing. The weather was perfect. Everyone was really just, well, they did. They surrendered to the whole experience and, oh, the feeling was just beautiful. You know, when you get a group of people together just really losing themselves in the beauty of their their sexuality and their energy and love. Like that's what you feel more than anything. It's just the love. And, of course, it's easy to do that in a tropical paradise. Well, Well, yes. it's easier. It is easier. Because, after all, there are people who can be in a tropical paradise and can be incredibly depressed. Well, yes. Because you, no stressed. matter where you go, you take yourself with you. Yes. Nevertheless, yes. the idea mm. of Tantra is mm. that you find those experiences wherever. Well, ideally, yes, yes. And it is important for a lot of people who haven't really trained themselves and learned how to be able to do this anywhere that they do take themselves somewhere where it's easier for them to practice letting go and just being. Sort of like training wheels. Well, it is a little bit. Tantra training wheels. Take yourself off to a tropical paradise or at least somewhere where the weather is nice Mm. or where you're away from your usual life and then say, ah, Yes. Well, the weather doesn't have to be lovely because, in fact, this weekend, in fact, immediately after this show, I will be driving up to the mountains. The Blue Mountains. The Blue Mountains. We- 100 kilometres west of Sydney. Yes. Where I actually live. Where you Sort do. of. Yes, when you're not living here. When I live. But um, so for a weekend of luscious loving um, and because it's midwinter here in Australia, we're going to be luscious loving in front of fires and drinking mulled wine and learning how to let go and enjoy each other in a cold but comfy and cosy location. But for those of you who are in the Northern Hemisphere enjoying mm. the heights of summer, mm. it's quite easier to surrender to war- the warmth, I guess. Yes. Yes, it would be. So, anyway, so I've got lots of lots more couples things coming up. So the next Bali one for people who are listening in and are thinking, yes, I want to go to Bali, um, will be March next year and you can get all the dates and stuff on my website, www.jacquelinehellier.com or thetantriclounge.com. Mm-hmm. Um, There's also a rainforest retreat. Oh, yes, I'm in a good mood because last week I went up to the rainforest 
which one specifically for our international listeners or even for our national listeners, which rainforest? The world is full of them. Well, they're depleting, but they're, they're still... Yeah, well, Australia's got lots of rainforests too. So this was in the northern part of New South Wales, which is a very, very, very beautiful part it of Australia. It is very, very pretty. I think it's my most favourite part. Yes. Can the you board, have a most favourite? Yes, <laughs> the most fa- your most favourite part of Australia, and mine too for that matter, is the hmm. border between... Um, Queensland and New South Wales. Yes. Lovely. Well, this retreat is right there and it's surrounded by rainforest. So luxury cabins amidst the rainforest, just beautiful. So planning to run a retreat up there next year as well. If people are interested in knowing Mm. about the things that are happening at the Tantric Lounge, et cetera, et cetera, Mm. what's the best way to do that? Okay. Well, you can subscribe to my newsletter. That comes out every month with what's going on. At um, JacquelineHillier.com. Or thetantriclounge.com. Um, or my blog. You can subscribe to my blog as well. That comes out every week. Um, and I'm also on Facebook, uh, Jacqueline Hillier, and on Twitter, The Tantric Lounge. LinkedIn. Don't put much on LinkedIn, really. Oh, well, never mind. Yeah. In fact, last Tantric Lounge was, in fact, all about this idea of surrender. Yeah, so the monthly tantric lounges have been continuing and, oh, they're just lovely too. I'm getting a little bit carried away with the superlatives of how lovely all of this is, uh, but it is. So we've had a couple of tantric lounge live monthly events since we were last on air. We did one on grace, Mm. which was rather lovely, wasn't it? Yes, where we defined grace as the willingness to allow the universe to seduce you. Yes, which, is, again, is part of the whole surrender thing. Well, it is indeed. And we're talking about how it's both a physical thing in the sense of being graceful and an emotional thing in terms of being gracious. And we ended up doing tea ceremonies, mm. kind of. <laughs> and encouraging people to make ceremonies, small ceremonies of mm. awareness, consciousness and presence in every mm. part of their lives. Yeah, it's a great activity for mindfulness. In fact, people can do that themselves. Just try and make yourself a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or something with complete presence, Mm. gracefully. So be very conscious of the filter paper as you're taking it out of the packet and put it in the coffee machine. Feel the texture. Yes, feel the texture. Smell the paper if you like. Mm. Experience the unfolding of the paper as it goes Mm. into the machine. I'm assuming, well, I'm just thinking drip filter, but you could just do this with a plunger. You could do it with anything, really. Smell the coffee before you put Mm. it into the machine. Mm. I'm speaking to the Americans mostly because they're much bigger on coffee than tea. But go over to the UK. It could be tea. And we could do tea, yes. Could do it with anything. You could do you it could, with anything. You could fill your glass with water and do it. Yes, you could have cordial and, and water. Just water. Or you could have just water. You could focus on the drop of the ice cube as it goes blop. Yeah, and even the water. sound. Yeah. Mm. There's so many things that you can do to practice becoming more present in your everyday la- la- life. You don't mm. need to go on this huge retreat. Although it's a great thing to do. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We do want to encourage we people. We do want to, to encourage <laughs> people to do that. But we also, for those, of, for those who don't have immediate access to such things, yes. it's always possible to practice, and which is what Tantra is all about. It's all about becoming mm-hmm. present so that you can become more aware in general, mm-hmm. so that you can become more aware sexually. Yes, Yes, and then the sexuality feeds your life, your life feeds your sexuality, and that sexual energy, the love energy just pervades everything. Let's get into surrender. Why is surrender so hard for so many Westerners? Because it seems to be a Westerner hang-up. 
Oh, well, I, although, although I have to admit, having known a lot of Japanese people and a lot of Chinese people, Sinrarinda seems to be hard for them too. Yes, well, let's just focus on the people we know most. And it was interesting in preparing this show, I looked up the definition of surrender in the dictionary. Mm. <coughs> and the thing is it's, excuse me. <coughs> surrender it, to the cough. I'm surrendering to the cough, Enjoy yes. the feeling of the phlegm as it rises. <laughs> Shut up. Irritation. You can in take your... this a little bit too far. <laughs> no, I don't think you can. <laughs> I just don't think we need to share my enjoyment of my phlegm with the entire world. Anyway, go on. <laughs> anyway, back to it. But then, yes, maybe I am being judgmental. You are. Why should we judge phlegm? That's right. Mucus yes. has its place in the universe as well. Where would we be without slimy bits? Yes, surrender to the slime, surrender <laughs> to the wet, slimy bits of life. Wherever they are. Isn't. So in the English language, there really isn't a, a word that implies a positive element of surrendering. Because surrender often comes with this idea of war or conflict, that you are giving up. That you're giving up power. And you're giving up a yes, you're yes. giving up power, you're giving up a struggle. Yes, yeah. I can see that. It's, it's kind of like this whole idea that there's this dichotomy between someone has power and someone doesn't. Yeah? Mm. And so whoever has the power, the other person must have lost some way. Yes, it's everything becomes a zero-sum game. Yes. I win, you lose. Yes. Yes. So therefore Tick if I'm box. not in control, I must somehow be in a, a position of, of weakness. Especially if you're talking about a duality, if you're talking mm. about two people involved mm. in a transaction, yeah. there is a, an assumption that one mm. person always has more power mm. than the other. Yes. And that it, the extreme form is I have all the power, you have none. <clears throat> yes. I mean, the history of, of humanity would give good reason why people might believe that. But, but we're talking about the English language Oh, yeah, I was There's just no talking about that. No, no. Whereas, So if you have that idea that it's, you know, this win-lose kind of situation, then you'll think that to surrender is actually a position of weakness. So you'll do everything you can to and a, keep And a position power. of loss. Yes. However, if you see that surrendering is actually a powerful thing to do, then that changes the whole dynamic of the game. In fact, it's not even a game anymore. It's just, a, it's just is. It's just being. So from a tantric point of view, what mm. is surrender? So surrender is actually being able to trust that you're safe, right? Without a feeling of trust, without a feeling of safety, there can be no surrender. Surrender, right. Now, a lot of people look for that trust and that sense of safety outside themselves. Or with chemistry. Oh, well, yes, Absolutely. It's something I harp on all the time because I just see it constantly in our society that mm. people seem to need copious amounts of various chemicals in order to let go. Mm. Rather than finding the strength within themselves. Or even acknowledging that strength isn't everything, that there is power in what we call weakness, the willow that bends. Absolutely. And even, like, getting ill or feeling bad or anything like that, that's okay. So Again, again it's another dichotomy. It's that this is good and that is bad and we've got to stop the bad so that we can have the good. And if we're feeling sick or, or stressed or powerless or whatever it is, and that, therefore that's bad, so we've got to do something to have the opposite. And that gets in the way of sexuality. Because Absolutely. when you need to surrender in a sexual mm. context, mm. you don't have enough practice in real life. Yes, because you have because your entire worldview is based on conflict. Yes. 
And if your whole world too is all about like being on and doing and achieving and all that sort of stuff and oh, oh on this ride of life, then it can be quite hard to then sort of morph into letting go. Just on a on, just just on the on the point of view of the science of sexuality, mm. which we tend not to talk about as much as I'd like to. Oh, okay, we can talk more. We can talk about more. Mm. Sympathetic, parasympathetic. Where does that work? Yeah, we've discussed this before, but let's let's discuss it again. So our nervous system has two ways of operating: the parasympathetic and the sympathetic. The parasympathetic is the chilled; it's the relaxed, and that's the yes, I do feel safe. I can relax. I can let my guard down, right? Evolutionarily speaking, it means I'm not worried that a saber-toothed tiger is about to attack me. You know, it's all cool. Um, I'm not about to die or starve or anything like that. The sympathetic mode of operation is when you're on. Yeah, sometimes it's called the stress mode. But that can be positive or negative stress. But that's when you're, yeah, you're on. You're on guard. You're looking around. And that can be a positive or a negative thing when you're in action, right? Now, to truly be able to surrender and let go and to be able to feel that pleasure welling up from yourself, you have to start sympathetic. You have to get relaxed first, right? This is particularly true for women and it's also particularly true for guys who are very stressed. A lot of guys have trouble getting in the mood for sex too if they're just like their brains just won't stop. Then you have to find a way of being more relaxed, more in the groove, more in the flow. Interesting about the parasympathetic-sympathetic mm. dichotomy because, mm. it's, again, it goes back to this idea of surrender versus mm. action. Yeah. My understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, mm. is that you need the sympathetic to get aroused but you yes. need the parasympathetic to get the orgasm. Or is it the other way around? Yeah, no, it's the other way around. You do actually have to get to the sympathetic. Right. Right? But it helps to start from the parasympathetic. Right. Yeah. So, in other words, the parasympathetic, you need the, to get the erection and then the sympathetic to get the orgasm. Yes. So, you need to actually, in order for at least men mm-hmm. to do... And women. And women yeah. to, do, to go through the whole sexual cycle, mm. if we consider the orgasm to be part of the sexual cycle, yeah. which it doesn't have to be, but yeah. never mind, you actually need a balance between the, act, act, the active participation... Mm focused and then to surrender to your own yes system yes that's one way of looking at it but in terms of what's going on i guess the feeling is more starting from that yeah relaxed letting go feeling good here we're connected we're relaxed this is yummy and then within that space you feel the lift right so when you sort of feel the mm, yes this is mm, yum that's where the sympathetic is kicking in yeah so you don't necessarily have to suddenly switch into like I'm thinking about things, I'm controlling again, I'm doing any of that. It's it's an internal thing. It doesn't mean you're switching from letting go to thinking again. Like you can still be in the flow in both modes. Mm. Like we can be in the sympathetic mode and still be feeling like we're flowing. It's just it's kind of it's a, it's a different, it's a more active, it's a more like whoa, like things are happening here. Generally, though, the whole mm-hmm. point the whole the, the point of this is that mm. without a balance between mm-hmm. both non-surrender for yep. whatever however you want to call it and surrender, yep. you're not going to have a successful 
sexual encounter. Yes. And can I also stress that when we're talking about the sympathetic mode, there's kind of the, there's, there's good stress and there's bad stress, right? Mm. And if, like so many modern people, you're spending your life in a state of stress. and Bad not, stress. Yeah, not necessarily good stress. And then you want to sort of move into good stress. It's like very hard. Making because love. It's hard unless you sort of you know, drop into parasympathetic first and then come back out again. Because you associate stress with bad. Yeah, well, yes, in part. Mm. And so with that sort mm. of setup, it's going mm. to be very difficult to yeah. think of. But I think most people could relate to positive stress. Like if you're cheering for your favourite sporting team, for instance, or, you know, like you're, you're at a concert or something and, and you're being lifted and all of that. I mean, that that's all positive stress. And people don't normally think of that as a st- as stressful. No. But it actually does create stress in the body. Well, it just yeah, happens it's to be good sympath- stress. Yeah, it's, that's what that sympathetic mode is. Just like if you, you know, really going for, for a good shag. <laughs> for a really, good bonk. A good bonk. Yes. Um, then, yeah. For that, a good bit of rumpy, pumpy. <laughs> that's a good. That's that's also sympathetic stress. I keep Active, thinking. I'm, I'm sorry. I've mode. gone in. I've gone into um, thesaurus mode, oh, and so I'm you? thinking root yeah. screw. Anyway, sorry. No, I'm getting distracted. We're about to have a break. Are we? When we come back, yes. we're going to look about how to surrender. We'll look at specific areas mm-hmm. of life and how to surrender and what the benefits of surrender are so mm-hmm. you people can practice this so that when they take that into the bedroom, yes. they'll be much better primed to surrender to a sexual experience. Yes, indeed. <laughs> And today's subject of discussion is surrender. Mm. One thing that people don't realise is that everything that they do in life connects to everything else. Sex isn't something that you put in a box that's separate from everything in life. True. And if you do live in a particular way, that's going to affect every part of your life and it's going to affect your sexuality. Yes. So, for example, people who live in the modern technological stressed out societies are going to be in a constant state of stress but they're also going to have they're probably there because they have this strive 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 the so-called protestant work ethic Mm. so that unfortunately they then bring the protestant work ethic which (laughs) might be really good for their protestant work (laughs) or catholic work into the bedroom and Mm. and and sex then becomes yet another chore, something to be done, a task to be completed, Mm. a box that has to be ticked. Yeah, it's a goal that has to be reached with all the key performance indicators Yes, I was thinking, yes. Got to get your KPIs done. Where's my KPI orgasm? So how do we, we know that that evolved historically, but it's a Mm. bit strange, isn't it? Because even, I mean, we think about Protestant worth as the Christianity Jesus Christ, but Jesus Christ was actually quite a laid-back dude. Oh, yeah, it was all about the lilies of the field toil not. What's the quote from the King James Bible? Um, Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. Yes, so that obviously. a bit like yes. chill, baby. Yeah, baby. Chill, 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 man. Chill out, baby. <laughs> the whole, the whole, there's a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> In the, I mean, if you want to go down that path. Oh, yeah. Matthew said, can any one of you by worrying at a single hour to your life? Exactly. Mm. So there is a bit, I mean, in Christianity, there's this strong thing about, mm-hmm. hello, chill out, baby. Well, yes. And if we're looking at, at Zen, if we're looking at Taoism, if we're looking at most oh, Buddhist da- practices. Da- Taoism probably is probably the most chilled Daoism. out of all of them. Oh, yeah. That's just Surre- the That's way. about total surrender that's to about, the way. Yes. yes. And a lot of what I 
teach and bring into the work that I do is is Taoist as much as it is tantric. But surrender isn't necessarily a complete thing. It's not no. full on or full off. No, no, and it's not a dichotomy. Again, you know, us Westerners, we're so kind of obsessed with um, digital. Stuff. Yeah, on off, on, on or off. off. It's either a one or a zero. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's a not, fuzzy without logic the shades here. of grey in between. There's so a either five point seven five. Yeah, two five. So you got to work, work, work all the time. You got to work. You got to achieve. You know, you got to be all the best. And then when it's time to have a break, it's like let's just become zombies. Let's just veg out and watch mindless television for a while, or play mindless computer games, or have mindless sex. Well, some people will do that. Yeah, just as a stress release. Mm. Yeah, especially if they've got a strong connection to a physicality. Lots of people do do stress, sex as stress release. And, look, and there's nothing wrong with that. I often feel that the first orgasm is stress release. But after that, if you are, like, uptight, but that's when you can really start playing once you've got rid of the stress. So what can people do to confront some of their beliefs about? Mm. I mean, what, what, can, what can people... I mean, obviously, if people have a back, background yes. of where they've had to protect themselves, mm. they're going to have trouble surrendering. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, you, if you've been brought up in a, in a world that is violent and aggressive, so if you lived in a household, um, if your childhood was quite aggressive, um, whether that be through the parents um, or if you were in a culture that was aggressive. I've got um, a client at the moment who grew up in Rhodesia during the war. And, I mean, just the stuff she tells me about in terms of what they had to put up with. She actually saw her best friend blowing up um, on a bicycle. They were riding to school and her friend accidentally rode over a bomb. She's about 10 years old and saw her friend blowing up like that. And regularly people would throw bombs on their roof and so they had to run into the cellar. And whenever they drove anywhere, it was always on convoy and they would regularly get held up. It's not surprising then that she would have sort of issues about... Surrender. Surrender and protection and... (laughs) Yes. ...bringing the walls down because keeping the walls up for her would have been survival. Well, you have to. And also, you know, obviously I deal a lot with people who've had childhood sexual abuse. Mm. I mean, so that's just horrific. Or even if there wasn't sexual abuse, just the level of violence that some children grow up with. Is... And there's also psychological abuse. If you have yeah, a parent yes. who is psychologically oh, abusive yeah, or um, belittling and all that, that's oh, anything absolutely. that requires you to put up a barrier mm, is mm. going to get in the way of having a surrender attitude. And as a result of that, you're going to miss yes. out on a whole bunch of beautiful experiences. Yes. Yes. So for those people, <clears throat> if that's resonating with you, don't think that there's anything wrong with you because you can't surrender. But start to acknowledge the fact that mm, maybe I can start changing. And that maybe what was working in the past naturally yes. protected you and served you yes. might not be serving you anymore. Yes, I often work with people in those situations and I get them to actually feel gratitude for the part of themselves that put up the barriers. Rather than condemning themselves yeah. for having had that experience yeah. and, and saying, well, mm. oh, I'm crippled, oh, I yes. can't change. Not yes. true. Yeah, like be grateful the fact that you were strong enough to be able to protect yourself and that those kind of mechanisms for protection have have been really effective. Hey, you've reached adulthood. <laughs> On, in another part of the spectrum, there's also it's it's if I'm lazy, I'm wrong. The idea that surrender is laziness. Yes, yes. Well, that's another kind of client that I see a lot <clears throat> who have a, a so kind of caught up in this idea that, you know, life's tough and life's hard. And, and you've got to work hard. And the concept of being able to be in some way, you know, self-indulgent, 
just brings up so much guilt. Women in particular um, struggle with this. Really? Oh, yeah. Much more than men. Really? <clears throat> oh, yeah. Much more than men. Uh, in my experience, I mean, obviously, this is all anecdotal and based on my clinical experience. What I talk about is mostly that. I'm not a researcher. I should stress that to people. Um, so it's all anecdotal clinical experience. But, um, yeah, they're the, the tends to be the women are the ones who are kind of saying, oh, no, I can't, you know, I've got to, you know, there's always so much to do, especially modern women. Who, there's clothing to be washed. Who work and look after the household mm-hmm. and um, it's just endless. And the idea of, you know, I'll just say to them, look, it's okay just to have half an hour out, just go and read a book for a while or have a bath or there take the a, dog for a walk on your own. I always tell people there are 168 hours in a week. Surely mm. you can give yourself one. Mm. And if you feel bad about giving yourself an entire block of an hour, you can mm. give yourself a two half hours mm. or something, just something. Yeah, but it's amazing how hard it is for people. They just say, you know, women in particular, but a lot of men too, um, that, you know, I'm at the bottom of the list. You know, you've got to look after the family first and then your work and then your partner and the household. Until you're so frazzled and and so overstressed that in the end you're not even of any use to anybody else, Mm. particularly yourself because you've Mm. just burnt yourself out. Yes. Rather than turning it the other way around and saying, well, if I look after myself first, then I'm in a much better position to be able to give to others anyway. Right. And if you do start focusing on yourself and doing the things that are right for you, then you can find that you can start actually just surrendering and letting go. Because when you do that, rather than trying to force life to happen, you're allowing life to happen. And things will naturally flow more easily. You get a sense of flow and a sense of ease in your life. And then quite often you become much more efficient and effective. Which brings us to the point that surrender is not a completely passive state where nothing happens. Because other people have this idea that how would sex work if both partners are surrendering? Wouldn't they just end up lying there not doing anything? (laughs) It's a funny idea, isn't it? (laughs) It is, but it won't be the first time that I've encountered people with funny ideas going through your clinical practice. No, no, this is true. Yes. As I constantly say on this program, I'm amazed that your job even exists. Yes, but it does. But it does. Yeah. So let's let's look at a completely different example, that of the warrior, okay? So those warriors who belong to warrior um, cultures, as you know, I I know a lot about the warrior kind of um, approach because I was a high-level martial artist myself. And they, before they went into battle, they would undergo practices that would allow them to just let go. They would let go of attachment. They would even let go of needing to live, right? And then they would enter into the fray, whether it was a one-on-one type samurai type, you know, fight scene or something, or whether it was, you know, like the American Indians just going into battle on their horses and so forth. They were in a space where they were just kind of empty. They'd let go of attachment. They were completely present. They were completely focused. And then they would allow the fight to happen through them. But they were still doing things. And they were very much doing things. Yes. But they were surrendering to the doing. Yes. Maybe it's a good idea to just hone in a little bit more about this idea of surrendering in action. Mm. I think I've worked out what the opposite of surrender is. What? Resistance. Yes. Yes. 
Yeah, I'd agree with you. It's when you feel that there's something that you've got to overcome. Or something that has to be done in a particular way. Well, that could be an element of it. But there's that element of like striving, of trying. I've got to put effort into into doing this. Efforting. Mm. Yeah? Um, Rather than, and of course, like effort is is involved in life. I mean, there is action and there is doing, but it's it's the energy that comes behind it. And if you're always striving and always trying hard and always kind of pushing and, yeah, trying to overcome resistance, well, it's also really exhausting. It remi- it, it is. It can be comical though, because the, I remember once a, a comment that you made about somebody who was in your clinical practice who said, "I've surrendered to the possibility that my wife will never be interested in this stuff." Mm. Great. How is it ever going to work? <laughs> I can't say it's helping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that surrender is not giving up. Yes. Yeah, surrender is not sort of like rolling the eyes and going, oh, well. Lying down and thinking of England. Yes. Or Canada. Yes. Or whatever. And I get a lot of people, the, the higher desire partner, right, mm-hmm. which tends to be the man but certainly not always, they will often reach a point where they're like, okay, I've given up. I've given up. I'm not even going to try to initiate anymore. Like when they're ready, they can come to me. You mean the lower desire partner? The lower desire partner can come to me, right? Right. And then they kind of go, but then nothing happens. Because the lower desire partner doesn't want anything to happen. Well, the lower desire partner may well need some stoking stoking a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But if often the higher desire partner is kind of in this modality right it's kind of like right i'm on i'm action and so the energy comes across too full on right and they're not necessarily doing the stoking they're not like allowing the lower desire part actually it's more like blowing on the flame a little bit just but one would hope that there's a flame there which goes Mm. back to another oft repeated theme Mm. here is that you really need to have everything simmering yes in the background yes what does surrender mean? What does what does it actually mean? What's the benefit? What do you get out of it? What's the what's the what's the selling point? Well, it means that you're constantly flooding your body with happy hormones rather than the stress ones. So, what are the experiences of surrender that are different from the experiences of non-surrender? Life flows. It's easy. There's joy. Let's get, per- let's get personal because oh, you're good at... You want to talk about yes. me? Yeah, because, I, because you're very good at surrender. I am excellent and, at surrender. <clears throat> and you're very well practised at surrender. I am indeed. I have spent my life working on it. Oh, working on it. Naughty in one, me. In one, in one sense or another. And yes. very often you describe that when you're with your partner, mm. you very, you're very much into surrendering to, mm. to that. What does that mean? Because you're not losing control. Good heavens, no. Funnily no. enough, that's the paradox. Surrender, you're not losing power. I'm not losing power, no. But you because, might be losing control? Well, just a no. You never actually, it depends on your definition of control. Okay. Right? So I know at any time I have it within me to stop what's going on. If it's not working for me, and I'm told whether it's a sexual encounter or anything in life, I know within myself that I have the power to modify whatever I'm doing. I think for a lot of people... Mm what surrender could mean from a very practical point of view is to stop thinking, <laughs> to stop the inner dialogue, mm. the inner monologue. Yes. 
because I think the inner monologue gets away from the presence. You're thinking about the monologue. You're not thinking about the doing or the being in mm. that moment or in that space. Yeah, you're absolutely stuck in your head. So, so much of this is about getting out of your head and not thinking your way through life, but actually just being, just feeling. It's going from head-based to a feeling-based. And I have to say, if we're talking personally, we're talking about me. Okay. Mm. So, I was, I've been gifted with a very, very high intelligence. Mm-hmm. My IQ's off the scale, mm-hmm. right? So, and I grew up in a family that really valued the intellect, mm-hmm. right? Not the feeling side of life. Mm-hmm. So, it's kind of like, you know, when I came down into this existence, it was like the universe just threw me the biggest challenge that I could. Mm-hmm. So, if my... Um, journey in this life was to help people to learn to surrender, to feel, to actually be able to lift their vibration and and be all that they can be, then I had to really learn to do it myself, right? So, being born with a very high intellect in a family that only pretty well valued that, right? It was very much a journey for me to overcome that the, the head is most important, the intellect is all, and to be able to let that go, you know, and all these degrees and stuff I had, I mean, I just did that. That's what you did, right? And, and think, and so, and given that this is very much the thinking person's sex program, yeah. it's going to be hard for all those people who are gifted with high intelligence mm. or, and who are used to being rewarded for thinking mm. and being in their heads mm. to give that up. Absolutely it is. Because and also for people who aren't so gifted with, with a high intelligence, sometimes it's harder because they think that they have to, so there's even more striving, right? So whatever your intelligence is, if you can actually sink, for me it's like a sinking feeling. Mm. It's, it's, I mean, a positive sinking. It's like getting out of the head. So instead of having all of this intensity going on in the head, you just allow it to flow down into your body, right, so that the whole of your body becomes just like this one whole unit, right? And then your whole body does the thinking for you. Good point. Mm. Because thinking is not confined to what happens between your ears. Not at all. As we talked about in another program where we talked about the various sex brains. The multiple brains. There's the the head brain. And this is where we go go to a much broader definition Mm. of intelligence. So Mm. as not to alienate those people who think that intelligence is only something that, oh, you're good at school. Mm. Intelligence is actually your capacity to deal with life. Absolutely. Well, that's what emotional intelligence is. Exactly. So, I mean, for example, I know people who are highly intelligent in their body. Mm. They're very mechanically intelligent. Mm. They know what to do with their... their Mm. They may not string words together Mm. well, Mm. but who cares? Mm. They accomplish great things Mm. with their body. Mm. They're people who just navigate through life easily. Mm. But even so, wherever you are accustomed to having a a feeling of empowerment, of control, Mm. surrender is about giving up on your favourite bits Yes, nicely put. So, if your favourite bit is your mind, you need to give that up. If your favourite mm. bit is your body mm-hmm. and actively engaging with your body, you need to give that up. If you're mm. if even feeling, yes, if your favourite, if, if, if you if you identify is. with your emotional intelligence, you're greatly gifted, yep. emotionally intelligent, mm. and mm. you you're used to oh everything has to be warm and fuzzy. You mm-hmm. have to give that up. Yes, and if it's mostly about a spiritual connection, if you're the kind of person who thinks that it's all about that, then you're not connected to your physical and the reality of the physicality that we live in, then that's just as bad. And that's attachment. And as we've talked about before, to be able to get tantric and to use the power of pleasure, you have to let go of attachment. 
We'll let our listeners think about that during the break because that has huge implications for anybody no matter where they are in life. Mm, Definitely. And the subject of today's discussion is surrender. Yes. Now, before we went to the break, we gave our listeners a very, very important piece of information, and that is that surrender is about giving up Mm. and giving in, but in positive ways. Absolutely. So, and what we need to identify is Mm. that everybody has a different sort of intelligence Mm. in the way that they approach life. Yeah, or life modality. A life modality. Some people are head people. Yes. They engage with their, I mean, when we define ourselves as the thinking person's mm. sex program mm. and, the, and you as the thinking person's sex coach, mm. thinking doesn't only happen in the head. Mm. It happens in the body. It happens mm. in the heart. It happens well, a lot of other sex shows are either very physical because they're all about the yeah, 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 won't she, won't she, you know, let's have physical sex, well, baby, wonderful. which is fine. Or a lot of them are sort of more heart-led and it's all about touching, getting in touch with the love and all that sort of stuff, which is equally valid. Mm. Or, spi- or, over, or spiritual where everything mm. becomes an, yep. a, a communion with God, which mm. I'm all in favour of. Absolutely. By- Yes. And there's probably other sort of more intellectually led ones as well. I mean, a lot of the whole academic approach to sex, it's all terribly intellectual. But But, hopefully here we're integrating all of them. Exactly. So what we're having here is this idea Mm. that everybody listening to this should should really Mm. hear. Yes. And that is that people have a favourite modality. Mm. Some people are head people Mm. and that head people, but that headspace has its own division. Some people are more mathematical. Some yeah. people are more linguistic. Yeah, sure. There are heart people. They're, they're all about the feeling. Mm-hmm. Some people are physical where they're all about the sensation. Mm-hmm. It's not maybe that they're all about it, but they, they find it more comfortable yeah. to be about the body or about the heart mm. or about the or mm. about the mind, or even about the stomach and mm. about the flavour, the, sens- mm. the, mm. the sensuality. And you can kind things. of know which one you are when you think about, well, what is your drive for sex particularly? You know, is it more, does it come more from a physical urge that you, you know, you want to have sex because there's this physical lust is there? Or is it because, oh, I love my partner so much, you know, I want to make love to them? Or is or, it because of the, the exquisite sensations? Well, see, I'd say that that was a more holistic approach. So if people are trying to figure out which one is more them, Whereas a lot of people sort of come to sex from um, an intellectual point of view, like it's something that, that you should should do. And, you know, like couples have sex because that's, that's, that's what they that's, do. That's what you do. Or, you know, some people have kind of studied stuff and they're like, oh, yeah, I want to try this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you so need to identify what, where your intelligence mm, is because mm. you're, going to be, you're going to be most gifted in the place where you have put the most focus. Mm. And once you do that, yeah. the big challenge is giving that up. Yes, exploring a modality of Mm. being in the world and Mm. being in a sexual world that is different Mm -hmm. to what your favourite way of being is. Mm. And that's where the true surrender happens. Yes. We're going to talk about more more about this uh, idea of the various ways of being in the world Mm. in another program. Yes, I think that would be a good idea. Because I've just been thinking about my own personal journey to, you know, this level of openness and sexual awakening that I have. And, it, yeah, it went sort of probably from intellectual through to physical and then emotional. But other people's path. Spiritual. Yeah, where there's other people's path might be the opposite, mm. spiritual oh, yeah, to emotional. To Think about those four dimensions, mm. the spiritual, the connection with God. Yes. The intellectual, the connection with mind. Yes. The, <clears throat> the emotional, the connection with the heart. The physical, mm. the connection with the body and yes. material. Mm. So if 
think of those in broad terms and you'd probably be able to identify more with one mm. than the other mm. and then mm. give that up. Yeah. That's your challenge in surrender. Yes. Because then you're just allowing rather than relying on a particular. Yeah, because you're big, and you're actually exploring new territory. You are, and that's again part of the surrender, surrendering to mm. the process of yeah. exploring well, new and territory. And it's kind of a surrendering to the self and who you really are in your fullness, not in a limited sense of what you feel is you or what it, you and feel if we is want, right and proper. And if we want any, anybody to get anything from Tantra, it's mm. we want them to get the idea that you are a complete self and that there are parts of you that you haven't even explored. Mm. For example, in the last Tantric workshop when yep. we did the surrender exercise where people yes. were falling into a rope, mm. we should describe that. Yeah, more. that was wonderful, wasn't it? So we were in groups of four. And one person would have two people standing behind them and they had ropes going or all the yoga straps going around their front and being held from behind. Okay. So if you can imagine a triangle where there's one mm. person in the middle being held by a strap that's strapped around their thorax, around the chest, they're, yeah. they're around the yeah, chest and two people on either side holding, holding the them. tension of that, yes. of that strap and allowing the person in the, at the apex of that pyramid to just... Mm gradually fall. Fall forward, yes. And surrendering to the trust yes. that the other two people can hold them. Mm-hmm. So they end up looking like Michael Jackson <laughs> doing, remember on those, <laughs> remember Michael Jackson when he'd do the, the, the routine on the stage where he'd actually fall forward because his, his shoes, shoes were, were stuck. Atta- were stuck. Oh, okay, yeah, that and sort of get thing, that yes. Effect, but you'd get that, well, obviously you don't have the, me- the me- mechanism of the shoes, but you do have the two people holding the, the strap. Yeah. The idea is to fall into mm. and to trust in the falling. Yes. And then mm. the, the interesting part is that then the fourth person, yes. what do they do? Well, they had a little brush and then it was their job to apply pleasure to the person who was held in that falling position. And we're talking a makeup brush. Here. Yeah, like a makeup yeah, brush. Yeah, we're talking about a brush that is designed to be stroked on the human body, yes, not it a was paint a nice brush. brush. Oh, yes. <laughs> Good point. A scrubbing I, brush. I mean, well, you could do that too, I suppose. I've just got this horrible <laughs> feeling that some people are going to get out their wide paint, water painting <laughs> brushes and say, really? Oh, that could That's, be right. That could be know. okay. It's a bit kinky. but Yeah. Anyway, so we just have makeup brushes because, you know, we're all <clears throat> fully clothed and everything in the lounge. Yeah. So, but you could do it completely naked I suppose if you wanted to Mm, the mind boggles so yeah so through that surrender the person could feel a a heightened sense they were already in a height in a state of heightened awareness because you're not normally in the position where you are allowing yes that level of surrender and letting go and letting go so obviously so the point is that if you but even if you're just a couple Mm. you can modify this Mm -hmm. exercise somewhat Use your imagination. You can yeah, it's about sort of getting to the edge hmm. more, right? Hmm. And the more you can surrender in a sexual activity, the closer you get to that edge. You can even be kneeling forward on a bed. Hmm. You can just be kneeling on a bed and just yeah. leaning forward a little bit and blindfolded or with mm-hmm. your eyes closed and allowing your hmm. partner to brush you. Yes. In various, the idea being that if your eyes are closed, you don't know where the brush is coming from. No. So you're surrendering to surprise. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the other activities we did was when people were lying back over a bolster. So they were sort of kind of their chest was sort of open and exposed. And the three people around them would then just tap them randomly on on their palms, on their feet, on their forehead. And in fact, a lot of people found that the most challenging, even though it was so minimalist. Because? 
Well, because I just felt really exposed and just have that very gentle touch, just that light touch that came sort of randomly in these four parts of their bodies. The point here is that we're not asking people to dive in at a deep end. The deep end doesn't have to be all that deep. You can actually wade into the wade into it mm. gradually. Yeah, but what I find interesting, this is something that I've really noticed um, through doing the, the live lounge events, is how often people find the more subtle activities more confronting and brings more stuff up for them. Really? What do you yeah. think, why do you think <clears throat> that is? Because I think that when you go subtle, you really do let your defences down. You're really actually exposed. Right, A lot of workshops and retreats and stuff that you can do about <clears throat> becoming a better person, whether it's a sexual type thing or whether it's personal, it's very like, rah, rah, let's go, we can achieve. Oh, yes, we like can- all those wilderness things where people walk on ropes between trees or they die or they, mm. or they go on a, yes. those bizarre weekends where everybody has a group experience. (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, like ones where everyone goes and everyone's naked for the whole time and stuff like that. Now, I'm not saying those are bad. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Mm. they can be really good, right? But I I feel because I know I've known a lot of people who've done those sorts of um, kind of experiences and then they do something really pared back like I do and it freaks them out completely, right? And I believe that often when we go for a more intense activity, it's easier to put up your barriers, whether you realise it or not, it's mm. the equivalent of going to a musical concert with loud music, but you've stuck your fingers in your ear. But you don't yes. know that you've done. You've yeah. stuck your fingers in your ear. Yeah. So you think, oh yeah, I can handle this. Yes. But all of a sudden, you ask people to go into a concert where the music is extremely quiet. Yeah. In order to hear anything, they have to take their, their yes the fingers out of their ears. Yes. And all of a sudden, their eardrums are naked. <gasps> Right. And having to explore Exposed. that, su- expose that subtlety. Yeah. They no longer have that su- subconscious defence mechanism that's mm. kicked in. Mm. Yes, which is why being naked or, you know, doing some outrageous sexual activity is not necessarily being more open and free and liberated and surrendering. In fact, it can be quite the opposite. In it fact, can be a way of preventing true openness and intimacy. I just remembered something. Yeah. Um, for those of you who want a primer in Surrender, mm. watch that movie Nine and a Half Weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. I haven't seen it in years, but mm. I do remember th- seeing it and thinking, this is very sexy. Mm. This is, and it's sexy in a good way. It's not mm. about, it, it's about this idea of, it's, it was subtle. Very often it was subtle surrender. Mm. It was very, very mm. interesting the way the characters interacted with each other mm. in terms of just allowing even the most subtle things to open up that avenue of surrender. Mm. Yes. And if you and your partner decide to go on this journey of surrender together, then it's just fabulous because you're both becoming more aware, you know, of, of through your senses, through your mind, through your heart. Like it's just Which, and, and, and especially, the whole of life just becomes way, it's kind of like life becomes multidimensional in a way that it's different to the way it was. Especially especially when you are surrendering to the opposite of your favourite modality. For example, we think of the feeling and, and thinking as being opposites for mm. bizarre reasons that I can never quite understand. Well, but everything's got to be in its box, doesn't right. it? Yeah. So, so if you're a thinker, mm. then surrendering to the feel to the to the emotion is mm. going to be mm. a big deal. If mm. you're a physical person mm. and you're used to doing something with your body, mm. stillness is going to be very confronting. Mm. And allowing things to happen to you while you 
while, while you don't respond with movement. Mm. Yes, people sometimes who have trouble orgasming, I find, are not very good at receiving, right? They like to be sort of in control doing things. And when I make them, or encourage them, I should say, never make anyone do anything, encourage them to learn more to receive, to let go, hmm. right, to go more obviously into that surrender mode, then they can actually start to receive. And then when they go back into the more active role, they're bringing with it a different kind of texture and flavour to it. So that then they can receive while they're giving. Mm, exactly. While they're in action, which is what we're talking about. So they're surrendering while being in action. Mm-hmm. And then and on the other scale, there's, for example, the people who are very spiritual about sex. Mm. What if you leave that? What if you just mm-hmm. do something that's completely raunchy and yeah. animal yes. and physical mm. and forget all the highfalutin spiritual mm. stuff? Mm. That would be very challenging. Is equally challenging as somebody who is into the raunchy, yep. animal, rumpy, pumpy thing to suddenly explore, wait a minute, mm. I'm connecting to God here. God, you, you, is God, <laughs> am I going to start making love to God yes. through my partner, mm. which is a common idea in Tantra mm-hmm. and completely blows a lot of people away. Yeah. All of this is very, all of this can be very confronting, but the flip side of the confrontation is mm. that at the other side of it is a whole new world to explore. If you can mm. just get past that edge, mm. yes, go to the edge and then just go a little bit, a bit faster, further. just a little oh. bit further, just like we do in that exercise, just fall a little, a little bit, bit forward, just, a little bit, yeah. just touch a little bit, yeah. withdraw, withdraw, withdraw. And then you get to the point where it's kind of like you realise that life has changed, it's not what it was. And like it does, it just flows and there's grace in life and so heightened give, sensation and so give up connection so give up your preconceptions mm. your your favorite ways of being in a nice way mm. give in to what you're doing mm. surrender without putting the white flag up this is a different sort of surrender this is a surrender mm. to and trust yes yes and it's feeling the power of surrender that it's all, it's not win or lose. It's, it's opening up. Everyone is powerful. It's not a competition. And the more you as an individual open up to surrender and the beauty and the power of yourself as a surrendered being, the more you get into flow. And then more people will be in flow and the more everyone was in flow, then the world would be a fantastic place. But it all starts with you. As it always does. So mm. we just invite our listeners to take that first step, however subtle or small it might be or however big, wherever you want. Yes. Stay so, in your comfort zone if you must, but just go a little bit beyond it, baby steps. Yes, and if ever anyone would like to write in and let us know how they're going on that journey, that's always good to hear as well. I love getting, <clears throat> I love getting feedback from listeners. And uh, I think... This episode is now coming to its close. Yes, and we will now surrender to the ending. We will surrender. It's been delightful being back again. I'm very happy. I've had a lovely hour. Was it good for you too, Xavier? Yes, it was good for me. And I think next week we're going to be talking about the urge to merge. We are. Yes. So, listeners, we will uh, talk to you again next week. <laughs>